This is episode number 147 with independent turnaround consultant Vitaly Delgov. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Super Day Science Podcast. Today I've got a dear friend of mine, uh, a mentor of mine, Vitaly Dolgov, who is an independent turnaround consultant. In fact, one of the best independent turnaround consultants in the world. Uh, he's worked with, as far as I understand or remember, eight out of the 10 top um, mining companies in the world. He's traveled uh, dozens or even hundreds of countries providing his services and um, he is in very very high demand worldwide and today he is sharing some of his best tips and tricks and hacks on time management so this is an episode where we specifically dove into this topic because uh, as far as i know vitaly is one of the best people um, that i'm acquainted with who does time management very very well and uh that is partially due to his consulting background because of his experience in that world um, where you have to manage every single minute of your time properly in order to um, mix in all the work that you have to do, all the projects, and include things like your relationships, your personal life, your hobbies, and things like that. And why is this podcast going to be beneficial um, to you, to a data scientist or an aspiring data scientist? This is an important question I wanted to outline here. It's because managing your time, regardless of what industry you're in, is extremely important because that allows you to get the maximum out of your life, not only in work, not only to get all the projects done on time and deliver outstanding results so that you um, can get recognized and get those promotions that you're after, but also in uh, expanding your maybe own uh, consulting work or maybe your own business or your own project. So how to manage your time outside of work, how to negotiate to have more time outside of work. But also time management is an important skill in managing your time for personal things, for uh, relationship with your loved ones, with your friends and family and significant other, um, for doing hobbies, for feeling fulfilled in life, engaged, for adding meaning to your life. So those are all the topics that we're going to cover off in this podcast. And you'll hear about tricks or psychological frameworks like the Myers-Briggs uh, test, uh, the PERMA framework. Uh, we'll talk about um, the big rocks concept and many more other techniques that Vitaly uses in his life in order to have a fulfilled life, not, not just to complete his work and deliver the projects on time, but actually feel happy and fulfilled in all areas of his life. And that's something that as his mentee, I've learned and aspired to learn from him. And today I wanted to share that with you. So that's what we're going to cover off. And without further ado, I bring to you Vitaly Dolgov, um, an independent turnaround consultant.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Super Data Science Podcast. Today, I've got uh, one of my best friends and mentor, Vitaly Delgop on the show. Vitaly, welcome. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? Good I'm, to be back. I'm good as well. And uh, for a change, this time we're recording a podcast in a studio, right? <laughs> Indeed. It's, uh, Looks in, different. Yeah, in, uh, in Brisbane. And surprisingly, we just found out that a major world-known celebrity was here a few days ago recording. How crazy is that? Mm, indeed. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not able to, to state his name or how heads will be chopped up. <laughs> Our audio editor is laughing at this, but yeah. Um, so yeah, good time. So you were on the show like ages ago and we did like a short 20-minute mm. episode uh, asking people if they like it to say they like it. And a lot of people liked it, wanted to hear you back. And so here you are. Thanks, Hips. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I'll interrupt you for a sec. I was really surprised by um, a big comeback and a lot of people searched me up, looked me up on LinkedIn, added, and my network increased dramatically just because of uh, of the guys uh, of that follow this podcast. So really appreciative of, um, of the attention and the interest. Did you get a lot of questions afterwards? Um, I had um, a few people asking to follow my career hmm. and if I could be their mentor, mm -hmm. uh, as that was probably the most common question. Yeah. And um, I would say probably that I'm figuring out uh, the process how to uh, do it at scale properly. So mm. uh, if there is a proper email that I could start sharing some of my experience or not. Haven't launched anything, anything mm. yet, but um, thinking hard about it. Okay, awesome. And so this was like over a year ago, right? Yeah, indeed. And so... In that past year, some major events have happened in your life, right? So what would you say is the most significant? And watch out, Amy might be listening to this. <laughs> uh, I know which one you're hinting to. Um, I got married. Congrats. Uh, yeah, thanks, Hips. Um, got married. Uh, Twice. <laughs> <laughs> to the same person. So, um, yeah, I got married. You, you were a part of that uh, wedding ceremony and the two-day uh, wedding event. Yeah. So thanks for coming. And... It was great. Mm, awesome. And how's the married life? Excited? Uh, hasn't changed much. Uh, yeah. It was a great event. Uh, yeah. We were happy to host a lot of friends and family um, and to share the what we thought is the special moment. But uh, having you on that day was more special to us than putting a signature down. That's what we realized. <laughs> so I think it's a good thing that uh, not a lot of things changed. The feelings, emotions haven't changed. Yeah. Neither diminished nor amplified tremendously but yeah. like having really great time and support from you guys was yeah. important to us awesome awesome and just wanted to clarify for the listeners that twice the same persons because you had two ceremonies right? <laughs> like in two different countries that's that's the reason yep. yeah yep. you were so excited about getting married you had to do it twice so yeah true indeed awesome okay what else um good question um one any, of the hmm? any big projects you're working on so last year um, was a really important year for me to establish myself as an independent consultant mm -hmm. to make sure I can sustain um, high cash flow, I can market and sell my skill to other consulting companies mm -hmm. so they can resell it later with a higher margin. Mm -hmm. um, it was important to me to make sure I can do it consistently mm -hmm. and to get confidence in um, the managing the incoming work that has happened i think the business has been running for about uh, 18 months so 
I'm confident that it's doing all right. Mm-hmm. And the demand for it, it's only increasing. Mm-hmm. I have competing offers, so I have to decline more and more work than obviously that I can accept. So that was one milestone that I think that I have achieved. Another one was um, trying to think bigger um, and think how I can uh, move forward and go away from just selling my time mm-hmm. and start creating uh, some value to, to people around me mm-hmm. uh, at, at a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. And I've started documenting some of my knowledge, some of my experience. I've been in consulting for, for about 10 years now, mm-hmm. and I wanted to start documenting and hopefully eternalizing uh, some of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And not only my own knowledge, but also try to get that knowledge from top-notch consultants that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. They all raised their hand and said, yes, yay, we're keen. Let's put some knowledge base uh, together of mm-hmm. um, the things that could be useful to future consultants. Okay. So these are the two probably bigger milestones in, in my professional life. And probably making more confident um, movements towards uh, improving my personal life. Mm-hmm. I've been prioritizing career for for about 10 years and I wanted to focus more on health, on fulfillment, uh, on joy um, and to really develop that side of things to the bigger uh, extent possible. And thus a lot of hobbies flourished, mm-hmm. a lot of time dedicated and attention to it. Um, yeah. Uh, went went to uh, to the next level okay awesome and i think that's the main thing i want to discuss today like for those listening vitaly is the best person i know in the world and i want to stress the best in time management like so uh, where did that come from why are you so good at time management uh, thanks uh that's really flattering Frankly speaking, I've learned from a lot of other people who I think are better than me at that. And interesting enough, yesterday um, I interviewed one of my mentors um, from the consulting world, Michael Spence. He's the managing partner um, of Partners in Performance Southeast Asia. That's a management consulting firm uh, working in that region. And I asked him a question that was around time management and prioritization. And his first response was a long laugh and saying, I've learned it over the 19 years and I still keep learning that. Mm -hmm. And the summary of his tricks and tips I realized was something that he passed on uh, to me almost on day one Mm -hmm. uh, we we met and that was about three years ago. So Mm -hmm. um, his knowledge, the wealth of knowledge and experience and knowledge and experience of other people was probably my source mm-hmm. where I picked it up from. Mm-hmm. So answering it short, summar- summing it up, it's mm-hmm. learning from from other people that I believe or deem successful. Okay. I don't believe I have reached there yet, but obviously I'm keen to share as well what I've learned. Awesome. And just going like on a bit of a tangent, you hmm. you interviewed uh, Michael Spence and you're interviewing others. So you, you're starting your own podcast, is that correct? That's the idea. Yeah. I haven't launched it yet. Um, I want to create a certain backlog um, of course or forward log whatever you call it of some recordings that i can start putting more consistently every fortnight every three weeks mm-hmm. online so i've got a few of the recordings lined up and booked in mm-hmm. um i've got two done yeah. and um, they are in the post-processing stage but yes nice indeed that's the intent what's it going to be about 
It's going to be about consulting and the sharing the experience of top-notch consultants with other um, either aspiring consultants yeah. or um, already established consultants and learning from years and years of experience of top-notch people okay. and shortcutting that learning curve um, into sometimes a, a matter of hour or several hours. Okay, awesome. And so do you have a name yet? No, I haven't. So yeah. open for uh, suggestions. any suggestions. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, guys, leave your comments if you have a name suggestion. Um, awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to, to listen to that. I think you have some very influential people in your network who I would personally love to hear speaking on this topic of consulting because any kind of, this is like a data science podcast, right? So any kind of data science work I do or I've done in the past, I always treat it as consulting. Like mm -hmm. even if it's internal, I still treat it as the uh, the people that come to me from within the company. They're internally asking me for consulting work, um, and that way it makes me much more professional and um, like deliver things on time and talk to them uh, appropriately and prioritize my projects accordingly. So I think that would be beneficial, definitely for me, but mm. also probably for anybody else listening to this podcast. Okay, now back to time management. So. Um, why I want to explain to our listeners why I think you're really good at it, like the best. And I stress the best. <laughs> um, and I'm and, blushing. I'm sorry, yeah, too much. Um, so the reason for this is like Vitali has, um, I don't know, like a system where he just gets so much, so many things done, like probably you know, at least five times more things in a day than like I get done. And uh, like he wakes up at like 6 a.m. He he goes like he does some work and then uh, at this point in time he has to do this and then he goes like for a bicycle ride for 55 kilometers like like what, was it yesterday or today yeah, before. Days ago. Yeah, and then uh, he comes back. He does work. Like everything is scheduled. Like sometimes I feel that your calendar is your best friend. Like <laughs> as soon as like you just live by your calendar. Um, so tell us a bit more about that. Like what is an average day? in the life of Vitaly Dolgov look like? Ooh, average day. Um, first of all, thanks a lot. I think I deserve only a small portion of the compliments that you've you've made, so hence blushing, because I don't think it's well deserved or earned. Um, but happy to share what I've learned so far. The average day probably would be different uh, between the two days when mm -hmm. I'm on an engagement um, or a project doing the consulting work mm -hmm. with the client, or when I'm at home. And therefore working on personal projects, um, spending time with the family, mm -hmm. or enjoying my hobbies. So the most common one currently is still working with a client. And usually the day starts two to three hours earlier than a normal client's day. Mm -hmm. I make it a point. So if the client usually starts their day at 6 a.m. and usually at different remote sites or construction sites, the working day starts pretty early. I try to beat that and start my day two to three hours earlier. Why do I do that? Mm. Just to increase the level of energy and awareness and get stuff done and get that confidence in already progressing things forward mm. before to be on the front foot, um, mm. as they say. So that's one of the main tricks and techniques. Mm -hmm. Funny thing, I found a lot of brains work and in particular mine um, is 
it is at best capacity early in the morning um, it is like free like got some fresh sleep and rest and therefore is a little bit in um, not stretched yet not woken up but probably at the best uh, purity um, stage uh, mm-hmm. in the day so what I try to do usually in the morning is to get a good shock uh, to, to it um, provide some uh, active exercise I do exercise every morning routine um, as a routine since I was 12 year old mm. and I don't think I dropped it by a day wow. like stretching and everything it pumps blood through your veins and therefore activates different parts of your brain um, it's sometimes it's getting um, to uh, to a drink that contains caffeine mm. whether it's coffee and I try to uh, reduce reliance on it as you know from the last podcast quite a bit so green tea is as a good alternative and get something uh, going like try to do something early in the morning before anyone else woke up mm-hmm. that's an amazing f- first feeling in the morning when you do something before anyone else has woken up mm-hmm. that's the thing that i tr- uh, tend to aim mm-hmm. and in my mind sending an email uh, like half an hour before the day starts with something accomplished or suggestion for the day for the team it's much more powerful than staying back until 2 a.m and showing that you are you cannot keep up with your work mm-hmm. and therefore have had to stay late mm-hmm. to me waking up early uh, seems like a routine that a lot of mentors or people, celebrities that um, i follow that find it useful mm-hmm. to get done so that would be one of the things uh, in common um, between different days that i'm on on a project on a client project and just following a few rules that i, I do i have in my mind for prioritization Mm-hmm. How do you choose task? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you decide to do what, versus what you decide not to do? Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of them. Let's, and, go, let's go through them. Yeah, sure. So these are what I would call tactical things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can probably later think about the bigger picture yeah. uh, stuff. But tactical things, a lot of people like to do time management, but I believe it's really, really energy uh, management mm-hmm. that you need to focus about. A lot of people think about hmm, how can I combine certain activities to give myself a couple of extra hours? So taking a red-eye flight, for example. Yeah. I'll try to sleep like some, somehow in a vertical position if you're not flying business class. Yeah. Uh, and then, therefore, I'm saving on this like extra like 12 hours of flying if you're, yeah. for example, traveling from Australia somewhere towards like Asia or Europe. And to me, this is not something I found very uh, useful because my energy level on the following day would be half or probably just a third of the energy level than I, if I were to have a proper sleep. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I fly during the day. And I make the point. And I make it a billable day, of course, mm-hmm. like for uh, companies I work for. Because during that day on the plane, it's a quiet time for me with like good humming, almost like a white noise in the yeah. background. I get a lot of stuff done. Um, plus, I get to bed. I prefer for my flights to end before 9 p.m. I get to bed, get a proper sleep, so I can get up at 4, 5 in the morning and get my day fresh. Mm-hmm. So the value you get from these several days combined, in my experience, outweighs uh, all the cost savings, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the air quote marks right now, that you that you get by combining some activities like flying and sleeping mm-hmm. so to me energy management sometimes is very it's i found it more important than 
trying to find how to save time. Mm-hmm. Another couple of examples how to manage your energy is which task do you do you start your day or, uh, d- day from? Mm-hmm. Some people tend to think about okay, what is important versus what versus uh, what is urgent and try to break it into quadrants. Mm-hmm. Like okay, I need to focus what is urgent and important, then what is important but not urgent, and get bogged into stressing themselves into doing either what is urgent or important. And I found that few people focus on what they would like to do, what they're keen to do right now, mm-hmm. what they are in the mood of doing. And that's the lens I apply first before thinking what is urgent and important. Mm-hmm. I read it in one of the books and I tried to, uh, before this um, interview, I tried to find that book. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I had to reach out to the guy who recommended it to me in 2011, um, Robert Lebrun, uh, one of other mentors. Um, of mine so once he comes back I'll shoot it back to you and you can include it in the show notes of course but that's managing your what are you keen on doing and thinking from these lenses uh, and then thinking okay what is urgent and important gives you a good perspective if you are keen to do something that is a little bit less urgent and important and you just get it done it will be awesome Mm -hmm. and will boost your energy level and sense of accomplishment for the next task that it could be in two hours or in three hours after that Mm -hmm. so that's another example of managing energy not necessarily for something your backlog or your time Mm -hmm. um, per se okay that's that's really cool um really like those examples and i totally agree with the flying one um i also love working on airplanes it's like you because now they have wi-fi on on some flights but I don't even use that. I try to like not make sure nobody can touch me. I can mm-hmm. write like a whole article or something like that. So it's, it's I, it, and really it's my favorite time like of my life being on a 12 hour flight and where nobody can touch me where like I can just like focus on whatever I want. Hey, I'm going to make an assumption you're an introvert by nature. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Do you, would you just consider yourself an introvert? Um, not a pronounced one, mm-hmm. but on the scale from 100 being an introvert and minus 100 being an extrovert, I'm probably about 10. Oh, okay, so very subtle. Hmm. Have you done the Myers-Briggs test? Yes, I have. What did you come out with? As an introvert, and that's where the scoring comes from. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you remember the letters? I N O. Yeah, it's um, INTJ. Oh, me too. Me too, exactly. Wow, hmm. that's I've never met anyone else, INTJ. Hmm. That's crazy. Okay, um, cool. So, uh, energy management. Uh, oh, by the way, for people who don't, don't know, Myers Briggs is is a test that you can just do online for free somewhere, and it'll tell you like, are you introverted, or extroverted? Do you use intuition? Do you use logic more? Do you... Psychological, good psychological profiling tool. Yeah. Defines yourself, uh, bucket yourself somewhere, yeah. and uh, funny enough, sorry for interrupting you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll jump on your thought. It's it's really good uh, when you assess the team dynamic to know whom you, who you work with yeah. because you know what clicks with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, exactly. And you can be like, you can approach different people differently. Hmm. You seem to really like these psychological frameworks. I remember uh, back in, when was it? Uh, I think 2014, you told me about this framework. Like I was having some... Uh, dramas in my life and you told me about this framework uh, PERMA 
remember that conversation yes i do uh yeah like conversations with Vitaly are amazing he's like especially at the start of our mentoring relationship he was like always on the move always like you know doing stuff according to his calendar and like i i would be like i need some time of yours and he's like okay you can meet me here and we'd like sit in a park bench for 30 minutes and then he's like i gotta go to the shop now and i'll be walking with him like asking him questions along the way and then yeah, yeah like crazy we, times yeah i think we? they're all swapped right now <laughs> <laughs> no. i think you are the busier t- man right now <laughs> no, no uh i i, I pretend to be busy oh, yeah compared no, no. to you i'm like i'm just i'm just uh i'm imitating that I'm no doing. i'm learning a lot from you these days mm. so i think it's um it goes both ways and the the success you've reached um in the field that you do is worth imitating and worth understanding mm. uh, to learn from thank you thank you appreciate it um so let's let's talk a bit about that uh other framework perma right hmm. uh, per- framework of happiness again we're going on tangents here but like i think it's an important topic to cover because it really impacted my life so though i'll explain it the way i remember it mm-hmm. and then like you can give us like a, a more detailed dive into it so perma is a framework that people or that psychologists derived uh, in order to understand what are the components of people that are components that constitute happiness for people? And um, if I'm not mistaken, the way they derived it is by they look by looking at people who were the unhappiest and seeing what they actually missed in their lives. And they came up with these five components, uh, per, which abbreviate to PERMA. P stands for positive emotion. E stands for engagement. R stands for relationship. And M stands for meaning. A stands for accomplishment. And um, so positive emotions are like times when you're laughing, smiling, and uh, you're just like feeling very positive. Um, and it's instant gratitude type thing. Like yeah. Something that yeah. you've got immediately here, kind of like got a lot of positive stuff. Oh, that's, that's a great, great addition. Uh, engagement is when you're completely immersed into an activity. Like you got me into scuba diving, and that's a great example of engagement. When you're scuba diving, like you're 30 meters underwater, you have to control your air, control your buoyancy, uh, check your pressure gauge, uh, check your um, air, like what is it called, air levels, you know, like be calm, look around, navigate. There's so many things you have to focus on. And when you're in that, especially when you get caught up in like in a, a situation you haven't been in before, like you get into a current or you're getting into a cave or something, the last thing you're thinking about is like work. Or, hmm. or like, you know, your relationship problems or, or whatever. Like you, you are completely focused and nothing can get you out of that focus. Another good example is like um, running. If you're running a marathon in the last, this is the example you gave me at the very start. Like if you're running a marathon in the last like 42 kilometers or whatever it is, like in the last 100 meters, like you are extremely focused on what you're doing. Nothing else can be, can get you out of that focus. And uh, you know that focus also brings you happiness, right? Like you, after doing something like that, it can even be focus at work, right? You can be extremely focused on your work, but it's that focus, that state of flow, right? People talk about the state of flow. Mm-hmm. It's the state of flow that brings you that um, feeling of happiness. Mm. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I typically use the well-being instead of happiness, mm. uh, but it's exactly right. It it helps you feel. It, it, it makes you feel differently yeah. like that uh, being in the zone and yeah. being in the state of flow makes when you get out of it yeah. you're kind of like wow that was amazing yeah, yeah and then and now you have like all the noises that come again and again your yeah. phone buzzes and someone kind of like yeah. from work you kind of feel alive right hmm but you felt you've just 
lived yeah, like, yeah, in yeah. that like five yeah. minutes or whatever yeah. time it was one hour two yeah. hours yeah yeah it's so it's so true um okay next one is r which stands for relationship and that is the time you spend with people you love your significant other your family uh, your friends and so on it's um it's the feeling you get uh after you spend time with them or like from spending time with them yeah and probably you could relate to this career yourself by you've dedicated um this easter break um mm. that has just passed to spending time with your um old friends and your family yeah. uh, down in melbourne yeah am i right yes correct so why did you in the first place kind of like decided to book book out this time and make oh, okay it well every easter we go down to melbourne uh for three days or four days uh, with my two brothers and we have two like family close family friends or three three close family friends because one of them is married now um so uh, we all all six of us like spend time together and we just play board games for three days in a row and it's really cool because you we get that engagement component in the perma system that we're engaged into the board game like two days ago we played this this one with like the day before yesterday actually we played this one with like sub submarines and it's like it's like real time and you're sitting at this table three on one side three on the other and like you're trying to find each other it's like battleships but real time it's like crazy cool um and at the same time you're you feel love like you feel love around you like walking out of like walking into the airport yesterday i felt like wow i had like i experienced just i was immersed in love i feel loved and, and connected connected oh. yeah mm. very yeah. important that's a good example that's the r um m meaning what is meaning meaning in the definition of this framework um and later i'll quote where i took the uh, framework from uh the meaning stands for things that you're trying to achieve um in this life how you're planning to make this world better mm. just being in the day-to-day -day tactics and efficiencies but not thinking about what you're trying to achieve um, what is the value add from you being on this earth um, is not as uh, fulfilling and, and does not as much benefit you as striving towards something mm. some something mm. so mm, we have a very good mutual friend, Kat, um, who tries to make this world a better place by removing, uh, by increasing people's awareness around use of plastic mm. in this world. And that's to me one uh, very clear, distinct example of uh, clear meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, less plastic, so um, our generations like beyond us can enjoy this planet Earth longer yeah. and we can live together. So in in the world that uh, you immersed and i'll try to do it for the first time to think about the meaning of the work you do is to inspire people uh, in the data science community and to provide them with a wealth of knowledge to fast track their careers to mm. uh, improve their well-being so you have a bigger purpose like and a bigger meaning mm. uh, from the type of work you do and how to check if you're doing the right thing uh, to me like what's the kpi if yeah. you feel like it's the number of people uh, and the quality of feedback that they give back to you. Yeah. By receiving thank you uh, yeah. from people that and saying thanks, you've changed my life, um, or thanks, you've made this world a better place. To me, it is a real KPI that will say the meaning is probably somewhere high up. 
Yeah, yeah. And it uh, you you don't have to like do it at a mass scale, right? Like even if you go outside and like whenever you do something for somebody else and expect nothing in return, right? Like mm. that's that's my definition of contribution. Like if you go outside and like you have a subway sandwich and you see a homeless person and you decide to give it to them instead of eating it yourself, like you will even though you'll feel hungry, you'll feel so much better that you actually in genuinely helped somebody and uh, and with no expectations. So, yeah, meaning, very important as well. And mm. the final one, accomplishment or achievement, right? Whichever. Either way. Mm. Yeah, so that's about, uh, finally we get to, to my favorite one probably of, <laughs> of the past, uh, of my whole past life is, uh, you know, like the goals that you've checked off, you know, what, what have you actually created how like um uh, you know the challenges that you've overcome all those things that that are super that a lot of people see as the main priority in life it is a component of as you say well-being but it's not the main one right it's not the only one there's five of them and so um the trick is to spend time to diversify your time among them Right. So if you put all your time into just one of them, let's say achievement, there's people who just work and work and work and work and work. And they're always like away from their family. They're like rising. Yeah, exactly. They're going up their career ladder and you know they, they make millions. They buy Ferraris. They live in penthouses and so on. But if you take all of that away from them, you take away their job or whatever, they jump out the window. They commit suicide. Right. Because they don't have any other parts of that perma framework. And so people who are truly happy, they have diversified their time across the perma. Um, how, how, how do you go about diversifying your time? You know, slowly going back to time management, <laughs> how do you go about diversifying your time across these five components? Mm. Do you do it consciously or do you just look back and see how it happened? I think I, yes, I did consciously, but in, I would probably refine your word. Uh, I'm not so much diversifying, but I'm actually finding what is my lowest score mm -hmm. uh, against like uh, any of these five criteria and just focus on improving that mm -hmm. because one or two hours per week spent on my lowest score will yield will yield much more benefit um, and that will increase my well-being in my life than spending this one or two hours on the highest score mm -hmm. so if um, i'm really on on the ball with my career if I'm getting promoted, like I'm just uh, had a promotion announcement or whatever, uh, pay raise or I don't know, like big paycheck in the bank account, I wouldn't be considering, okay, I need to quickly kind of like improve it. What is the next step? I want to double it or triple it. I will just kind of like, okay, cool. I feel great about this uh, pillar uh, mm -hmm. of my well-being. Where am I lacking? Am I lacking somewhere else? And I'll look, hmm, when was last time I reached out to my friends, family, when was the last time I spent time with my family, like mm. in a good, like on a on a road trip or something? Mm. And then I would quickly find the lowest, the lagging score behind, and I will make a commitment. I will book something in my calendar, and mm. I will communicate it yeah. to people. Hey, let's do something. That's the way of diversifying, but I would say a prioritized way. Mm. Just to pick your lowest score and just work on it. Mm -hmm. And true. do it consciously. Uh, review am i covering all the bases uh, mm. is everything is um happening as per like plan and therefore mm. developing um consistently i would say that's that's really cool and 
uh, one thing that I've learned from you, like like among the many, but that recently I learned from you, um, when we were talking about Perm about like a year ago, uh, and I like I asked you how do you keep up with all your, especially like the personal stuff, like the family, uh, the relationship component, right? Like the family, the friends, and so on. And Vitaly gave me a great tip, and hopefully this will be useful for everyone else. Like you should treat time you want to spend on relationships with friends, family, significant other. Uh, you should treat that time just as you would treat time you want to spend on a project or on work. And meaning you block it out in your calendar. And so I took this advice. And at the start of this year, I was like, uh, whenever somebody would suggest like, oh, we want to go there or whatever. I'd be like, why not? And then I would just block that out. And so like, you know, like I blocked out a trip here or I blocked out a scuba diving trip in June. I blocked out this and this and this or like a catch up with somebody in, I don't know, November. And it's already blocked out in my calendar like months in advance, like six, eight, 12 months in advance. And even before I get close to that month, I know it's blocked out and I know I can't move it. I know like all other commitments have to go around it because if you don't do that, what I find is that work commitments somehow in our brains they take priority and we tend to shuffle around the personal stuff the relationships and therefore we miss out on a lot of those interactions and yet they're at least as important for our well-being so that was a great tip uh, thank you for that is, is there anything else like uh, tips like that that you can share mm, i'll probably expand on on this tip and i'll try to generalize it um it's the piece of advice that I got from from Michael that I mentioned earlier um, today. Um, he calls it a big big rocks principle. Mm. So he's a partner, a managing partner in the in the in a big consulting firm, and his time is like decided by down to almost like quarter of an hour. Yeah. He knows like what to do and uh, thinks about every meeting he attends um, quite carefully. And therefore, he's got a lot of competing priorities for a limited resource of time. And that's the piece of advice he gave me after the 19 years mm. of his um, finding for that uh, ultimate recipe. And he said, it's the big rocks principle. Put the big important stuff first. Mm. You know, the mason jar type analogy that... No. Uh, no. Okay, then I'll try to expand on it. Mm. People say, imagine your time, your 24 hours times 365 or 366 mm. um, every fourth year uh, as your mason jar mm. that's the space that's the time you can fill in with activities tasks mm. spend it somehow so if you put the big rocks first in the jar uh, you you probably can fit i don't know five six like um big relatively uh, yeah big rocks um and after that you can put some pebbles around it yeah and after that you can add some sand and after that, you can pour water over it, yeah. and then the jar will be fill, yeah. uh, full. Yeah. If you try to do it in reverse order, that will never f fit in the same way. Yeah. If you try to put in pebbles or sand or water, and then try to feed the big rocks, the big rocks will miss out. Yeah. They will be out of the picture. Yeah. And the big rocks is the analogy for important and significant tasks in your life. Mm -hmm. That commitment that you decide that you want to achieve something. So unless you put it in your calendar, unless you block out that time for them, unless you really want to spend time against those priorities mm -hmm. and make that commitment, it'll be pushed out by mm -hmm. something else, mm -hmm. by a small uh, meeting that, like one hour meeting that you planned. Super urgent, super important. Mm. 
but probably it shouldn't be taken in exactly that month. It could have been done earlier mm-hmm. or can be postponed to later. So um, that's the principle. And how to apply it in your real life? Think think of your calendar. You can make any point in time. I usually pick up the end of the year, mm-hmm. like the New Year's celebration or mm-hmm. the uh, season. And I look forward to the tw- next 12 months and think, okay, what are the things that I want to achieve in the next year? What are the big ticket items? There's definitely should be a trip with my family um, somewhere, like a road trip or something. Last year it was our wedding celebration and a road trip around South Australia mm-hmm. and Victoria. Uh, next year we plan to go to the uh, to France uh, with my mom, my wife, and hopefully my dad uh, mm-hmm. will be able to make it. So I put this time in the calendar, uh, and right now it's scheduled for the first part of July. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like two weeks blocked out. Next year? Uh, no, this year. This year, oh, this okay. year. Yeah. Then um, I have like, what is the thing I would do with my wife's uh, parents? And we have um, Eric, who is the brother of my wife. He's got a wedding celebration as well. He's mm-hmm. getting married. So we have locked out, like blocked out two to three weeks um, in December, mm-hmm. end of this year. Mm-hmm. So cool. I have two big rocks, like mm-hmm. four weeks, already one month crossed out of the calendar. Yeah straight away but i'm committed to that and i might move them by a day or two but i will not shrink uh, by 50 percent or i will yeah. not cancel them together yeah. that's the commitment i made to myself and to developing positive relationship um what are the big rocks um i've decided to invest more time into building something long term like yeah. a bit of a business yeah. um and sharing the knowledge with a broader audience not just immediately capitalizing on consulting engagements that I'm getting because yeah. they're not <laughs> disappearing. So I had to make a conscious decision. I will stop earning money. I will stop. I will say no to the work in May and in June uh-huh. uh, to be able to um, think, uh, step back and think what I want to do with the business. So these two months are largely blocked out for developing the podcast you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, developing the mentorship emails uh, and starting drafting them up right Mm -hmm. now. So these are the commitments you put. And then you find, hey, now you've got six to seven, maybe nine, ten months uh, of things that you can fill with your duties, like to do your work, to do like this kind of stuff. Do them. uh, Do the paid work as you need to Mm -hmm. pay the bills and whatnot and do this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can do it on a smaller level as well. Think Mm -hmm. about the next week's schedule. Mm -hmm. And for uh, the listeners on this podcast, I would encourage, think about your next week, um, mm. whether you can count it from Sunday or Monday, yeah. and look for the next seven days. What do you have there? If you have nothing except for, oh, I need to go to work between seven and five, I would encourage you to think, what are the big things you want to put in there? Uh, do you want to put a meeting with the friends that you haven't seen for a while and that your dearest friends for Thursday night, Friday night? Because guess what? If you don't do that, some urgent work that uh, landed on you, maybe super important and urgent, that will potentially take time, take that time. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the week, you will feel accomplished. You will feel you achieved something. Yeah. But you probably will not be able to say the same thing on, um, have I done something in my relationship space? Mm-hmm. And that's the trick. Think, mm-hmm. uh, think of these different um, pillars or dimensions mm-hmm. and try to make a commitment. Mm-hmm. If it's not in the calendar, it's not committed. <laughs> and it's not, well, you have to believe your calendar and yeah. follow it uh, to get committed. But that's that's the routine 
and a good practice that uh, helps me and some of the people I know to keep their world in orbit. Yeah. Okay. And I was actually, go it's good you touched on that because I was going to ask you. So, um, you know, like for yourself, where you're an independent consultant, you manage your own time 24-7. Mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all up to you how you put it in. Having calendar is essential. But what about people, um, like for instance, a lot of, majority of our listeners on the podcast are um, employed as data scientists or analysts and they know that between the hours of eight and five, they need to be at work and they have a calendar at work, you know, like a work calendar that is for those hours that uh, they know what they need to be doing. Do you still recommend having a overarching calendar for your whole, for your life in general, like something more personal that where you have the work time blocked out plus the evenings, as you say, what are the benefits of that? Hmm. Um, yeah, good question. And as an overarching thing, I think that's what drove me to go um, to independent work, higher risk, but a better control of your time. Um, and that's the conscious decision uh, I made. However, I have a lot of friends who actually do have a um, full-time job and committed to stability uh, over control of the time and still uh, manage to do some adjustments. Mm. One friend um, that has been at the wedding as well, Nick, he works um, as in the IT industry as a lead for the programming team. They program PLCs and like this kind of like controls of the trucks mm. um, of the Caterpillar, like large trucks um, here in Brisbane. And he, um, the way he managed his time, he just talked to his boss. He said, hey, I'm most productive if I hit a lot of things in my life um, on the nail. Mm. I love surfing. Therefore, I want to finish my work at 3 uh, mm. p.m. How can I make that to catch the uh, 4.30, whatever, 5 o'clock uh, uh, good tide, good tides? And the boss said, well, everyone finishes work like at 5 or 6. Like You want to cut it by 2, 3 hours? He said, yeah, what can I do? And I said, well, if you come out on Saturday and work for like these extra few hours uh, and therefore, yeah, your afternoons are free, just uh, make up that time elsewhere. Or if you come earlier to work when no one is there where you can tend to accomplish more, uh, that's another way to do it. And what they did, and, and he was a programmer, just a programmer at yeah. that time uh, without having responsibilities of managing the team. Because he did it so well, he got a promotion yeah, well. and uh, the boss, uh, his immediate manager, went away from managing his time but just giving his him tasks to accomplish yeah, yeah. and his team. And right now he is no longer committed to be between the boundaries of 9-5 or 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. But just, hey, there are there is a volume of work we need to do as a team. Let's make it within this like one month or something. And I don't care when it's done. Yeah. Like you guys tell me what is the most efficient way. So having that thinking in mind and starting that discussion would help. Mm -hmm. More flexible time arrangements. Um, if you want to use your annual leave, like most of people I know have about 20 days of annual leave per year, dedicating that time to something important, planning it um, is a good way. Try to put some hours in advance if your manager is not flexible. Mm -hmm. um, try to work some of the Saturdays to earn to earn days in lieu or to get like a block like of one week, for example, and it's just seven weeks yeah. um, working extra day mm -hmm. uh, to do it further. So there are there is a degree of flexibility you can take, but obviously ultimate degree is to become your own boss and then manage time.
scarier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but indeed possible, as you've proven. Um, yeah. And I'm still proving myself. Uh, yeah, you you definitely made that the jump. Like, was it last year? It was 2016, so two, like, yeah, about one and a half to two years ago. One and a half, two years ago, yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess, yeah, that's that's an important uh, step. And those, those are some, some great examples. And um, like, I'll add to those by saying that for me, it was very important, like even in this step of uh, transitioning to running um, super data science, like managing my time after work, it was very crucial that I don't waste any moments, like hmm. get back, like have a quick snack, whatever for dinner. And then like every 15 minutes, I knew what I had to do because I only had like six hours until midnight before that's I amazing. had to go to bed. And then the weekends, you know, that's again, same thing, just manage, manage it. Okay. Then fit in some personal time and so on and, or uh, relationship time with friends and family. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, I guess that's important. Um, okay, so that's that's uh, us about the PERMA system, time management. So we talked about energy management. Um, any other major techniques? So we talked about in time management, we talked about energy management. We talked about the PERMA system. We talked about the big rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Any other tricks that you use for time management? Yes, and I think you've touched on it just a minute ago briefly. Um, about having a routine. Mm. So in my mind, um, and also capitalizing on the knowledge of other giants, um, having a routine helps you eliminate a lot of decision-making in your life, um, unnecessary Mm decision-making. And having, what do you do in the morning? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you manage your time in the morning? If you every time decide, what I'm going to have for breakfast, Mm That's to me, um, I found, is very exhausting mm-hmm. and very inefficient. Mm. Now I know that uh, my kettle is brewing or, or like the, the water is boiling um, and I want to brew my tea or coffee um, on on occasional day um, while I'm doing my morning exercise. Yeah. So I have things that procedurized as a routine. So it's going to be like wake up, shower and a cold shower to get a wake up, yeah. start doing an exercise while kettle and the tea is brewing like finish that within 10 to 15 minutes and the blood is pumping, you get a first drink, done. If it's I'm staying at home, then within uh, 25 minutes, I know from the moment I wake up, I will be full capacity with a drink steaming on my desk, Mm. um, opening up my laptop and crunching the first priority or opening up my notepad for that matter. Um, If it's going to work, um, I have an extra step to do is to get dressed. So it's like, quickly ironing the shirt for some reason i love doing it i'm not outsourcing it and it takes me three minutes it's concentration of my on i'm thinking about my priorities for the day during that time and engagement huh? yeah 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 i'm not letting my wife do that although she tried to take over that task a couple yeah. of times like no and um then um um i just go out to work and i know that it how i know exactly how many minutes it's going to take mm. changing that would blow that time to an hour maybe more mm. like thinking what i want like to fry some eggs or yeah. to make a toast i don't want to do that yeah. so routine and knowing what you're exactly going to do after you come back from work as you mentioned yeah like having a quick snack in 15 yeah. minutes do something yeah. helps um, dramatically mm. do as many uh, try to make as many routines and procedures as possible mm-hmm. um 
how do you go to the airport mm-hmm. um what time you go like how you pack things what is a simple checklist yeah. um, of packing things up and i have it on my evernote uh, mm-hmm. account like checklist bag i don't want to think about it like have i done everything and the checklist goes like am i dressed from yeah. um head to toes uh, do i have everything for work yeah. like for all the gadgets and the appliances so i have a couple of routines that do some checks yeah so having those routines helps manage your time dramatically and respecting them revising them and sticking to them yeah that's very cool it reminds me of Mark Zuckerberg's great t-shirt routine, hmm. right? He only yeah. wears great t-shirts ever. So he doesn't have to ever the same t-shirt. Decide. Yeah. yeah. You never has to decide what to wear. Hmm. And you know, that saves saves mental power which you can use on other things. And uh, uh, I'm glad you touched on routines or explained it because um you you guys should know that Vitaly's life is like wherever possible is organized into a, a list of checkboxes. It's like check 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 this and it's done it's everything's prepared exactly for that reason to make sure that everything is efficient and you were the person who first introduced me to the concept of operating procedures right mm. yeah like i call them sops standard operating procedures but like that's a very important part of business that you have uh procedures or sops set up in order so that anybody can pick it up and anybody can just go through that list and um like a routine get get the job done and so I think it's really cool that you can do that in life as well in order to optimize things. And before people think that uh <laughs> there are a couple of robots sitting here and <laughs> procedurize the whole life <laughs> um I would try to dispel that um myth. I think you need to uh procedurize or standardize things that are not really important mm-hmm. that are things that are routines almost mundane I mm-hmm. want to say things that Yeah. I just uh, want to get them done in yeah. the best effective time. Like yeah. I'm not fancy about going to the airport. Yeah. And how like I call on an Uber and how I go through the uh check-in. I don't want to reinvent that thing every yeah. time because I don't enjoy that. Yeah. Going on a break and on a travel trip, that's a totally different story. Yeah. Sometimes I like one of my best trips I've ever made was with one of my really really good friends by taking a toothbrush, some spare underwear, um and uh, a couple of hundred US dollars and just going to Cambodia with zero plans and zero accommodation bookings uh-huh. that was just exploring and discovering this world and renting uh, bikes and traveling around it so there were like zero procedures of planning yeah. because that was the purpose to enjoy it yeah i don't think you should procedurize your relationship <laughs> for that matter your intimate life because yeah. that's the innovation there and um, discovery is a part of the yeah the journey but yeah. things that you want to procedurize you don't want to spend time on like picking up your shirt or what's for breakfast uh, i i would recommend to standardize those and mm-hmm. free up space for something more important yeah good good uh, clarification we're definitely not two robots <laughs> <laughs> sitting here um yeah i guess for me procedurizing helps not forget com- uh, elements like mm. for instance my packing list for travel is procedurized because i know that i need uh, earplugs i know that i need a sleeping mask i need my passport and and this and this and this and this and so there's so many little things that like it's just easier to check off the boxes and make sure everything is there rather than trying to remember it on the go every time. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Um 
I had another one I wanted to add, and let me know your comment on this one. So for me, like I know you said in the morning, you prefer to do the thing that you're most excited to do. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like you're, you, that's urgent, important. It's the first lens I put, uh, but it's not the only lens, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, for me, I found this trick really handy for time management. Mm-hmm. When I'm in the evening and I'm like working on a, on a task um, and it's like getting late, I can power through and finish the task and then in the morning start something new. Or what I prefer actually to do is to almost finish the task and leave like a little bit unfinished, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe 30 minutes of work unfinished. And that allows me to finish it with a fresh mind and like, you know, sleep on it and maybe come up with new ideas. But also in the morning, it already gives me that thing that I'm already excited about doing because I'm, I'm, I know I'm almost done. It's, it's almost there. And so when I wake up, like I don't have that, again, that choice paralysis. Do I do this? Do I do that? Do, do I do a third thing? I just get into that thing that I was doing yesterday. I finish it off. And as a result, I, even though I only put in 30 minutes of work, it looks like I've finished a six-hour task. And I'm super pumped, super excited. Yeah, I got the energy. And I jump into the next thing with like a lot more power. Mm. And so, yeah, that was like something. I actually didn't read it anyway. I just accidentally did that a couple of times. And I thought, wow, these days are way more productive when I do that. So I'm going to keep doing that. And mm. when I've done that consciously, it still works and it really helps. What do you think of that? Yeah, uh, that that is a really good example. Mm. Not sure if you thought of that. Um, one of the people I've heard from, um, he said that it's really good to leave an enjoyable and complex task to uh, overnight to do it overnight. Yeah. To really work on it and leave it unfinished, because your brain can process it mm. um, at night and put things in the right kind of like boxes compartments and the neurons will fire up mm-hmm. in a, some weird way during the sleep and in the morning you will have an improved and some sometimes a better solution mm-hmm. so that's maybe the quality of the output um, that you're producing is high as well uh, one of these reasons because you're leaving that thing that you're enjoying doing it overnight finishing it off potentially with 110 120 yeah. percent of what original spec what you thought you would do and it feels you feel accomplished you feel that you've achieved really awesome outcome Uh uh, out of that so maybe it's serving you double purpose but i agree with your taking off thing in the morning and getting that boost for the next task that's very cool work for me too okay um another thing i wanted to ask you and uh, like i know we had like a list of at least like four topics we want to dive in but this is so interesting like i'm learning uh, on as we go from this podcast so i want to keep digging into time management is that okay absolutely so uh, one uh, one other thing i was thinking about is um um, when you switch between tasks Mm -hmm. a lot of people have and me including have experienced that it takes time to switch between one task to another and yet your calendar, if, if somebody were to look at it, it's like all these different tasks, like you, you constantly, like you, you don't, I don't, from what I've uh, understand about your day, you don't often spend like six hours on one task. Like you, you co- quite co- commonly switch between tasks, like an hour or 30 minute uh, interval. Is that, is that about right? Um, I would, the short answer is it depends. Um, for creative, productive work, um, mm-hmm. I think larger times and generally starting from uh, one to about four hours 
is something that works best for me, mm-hmm. like having those chunks of time dedicated to something. Mm-hmm. And as little as one hour, but um, probably not more than four because brain for me start, starts yeah. spinning and getting less effective uh-huh. around, and efficient around that task. Mm, but in on a lot of jobs, when I have to be a leader for the team and lead a project team or an engagement, I have no choice but to solve um, the most important or urgent tasks and to address big ticket items um, that require decision-making. Decision-making is usually relatively fast, but you need to gather the data, um, think based, use different frameworks to think about the decision and come up with the best decision. And for that, I find the smaller chunks of time, smaller um, intervals are sufficient to do that. Mm. So it could be just 30 minutes um to do that so it really depends mm. i find i'm forced uh, like paraphrasing this um with working with a larger team and leading team to do a lot of smaller decision making tasks mm-hmm. and sometimes i crave for this longer time of content development and thinking yeah and therefore i block one sometimes two days a week to do that mm. usually it's friday or saturday mm. when i want to get my creativity creativity out mm-hmm. and it's a good test for the team as well to lead without the leader and see how the emerging um, like raising stars mm. are trying to lead mm. my two ic like mm. second in charge mm. uh, how he or she is trying to lead the team so mm. i consciously do that so it really depends okay and so but in those days when you have have to switch between tasks quite mm-hmm. frequently how do you deal with that um kind of like transitional time between tasks like how do you efficiency minim- right yeah yeah how mm. do you minimize it Good question. And I think it really depends on the content of the work you do. Mm-hmm. And I really distinguish the content into of the work you do into uh, two types. Content creation or yeah. creative type of work, yeah. as we discussed. It's when you want to produce something from scratch, when there is like zero ground existence, you want to shape the uncertainty into, uh, into a precise firm matter mm-hmm. and produce an output that will be of high quality. For that, I find you have a really relatively long um, building up to that and really hard to wind down yeah. as well. So the switching cost, using that term, would be huge yeah, yeah. to jump between the tasks. Yeah. I would not recommend to do a lot of thing, uh, things in a day yeah. like that. Concentrate on one to two big things a day max. Yeah. Do them early in the day so your brain is fresh and whatnot and yeah. just do them without switching. Mm-hmm. Switch off your devices, but <laughs> try yeah. not to switch yourself between the tasks. Um, when you have a lot of smaller tasks and you have to be in the decision-making mode, so that's a second type of the content, yeah. I think the switching cost is um, more affordable mm. because it's almost like you don't have time to, to get used to it. Mm. Uh, I'll give an example. It could be an emergency, like in Kuala Lumpur on one of the construction engagements, I had one of the team members um, saying something um, too aggressive to a client and aggressive in a way of pushing for results. Yeah. But I know it. he stepped um, beyond the limit in unleashing someone's potential. He yeah. almost um, overpowered uh, the decision maker with his strong um, management and leadership. Yeah. And that came through me through another person uh, yeah. through the client saying hey there is an appropriate uh, conversation that has happened 
and we're afraid of the consequences. Yeah. The client person could leave the company feeling uh, un- disempowered yeah. and whatnot. So in that moment, um, to me, it was okay, cool, that's an emergency that is probably higher than anything else I'm solving on the engagement because there are no safety threats, nothing. Yeah. Um, I just paused everything I had. Uh, okay, what is the plan? First, get the facts. Go to the ground, talk to both people um, who were in the room um, and the third parties who observed, get everything kind of like on paper. Then two, um, try to understand what are the mistakes that have been done, mm. play them by someone I trust, some third party, if my understanding and interpretation is correct, good. Then decide on like what is the course of actions you want to take. Um, look at your standard rules of engagement, um, what you, the procedures <laughs> tell you to do, what your values tell you what to do, and come up with the best plan. Again, played by a third person, your 2IC mm-hmm. uh, or someone like that. And implement it um, rapidly. If it's if it's been a mistake, acknowledge that uh, you as a leader, um, because you are in charge of any, any any anything that is happening within your team, done a mistake. This is how you're going to remediate that mm-hmm. mistake and do it. So that plan would take it immediate, immediately switches on in your brain. It removes all other work that you've into the background that you worked on, and it will take you. Uh, probably between hour and two hours to to resolve. Mm. After that, after being in that zone of resolving that problem, you just breathe out saying, "Okay, I've done everything I could. What are the lessons learned? Mm. Uh, put some actions. Move on. Mm-hmm. What is the next next task? You're either coming back to the old one, to the task that you've yeah. been working on, or something like that. And but I find that being in that decision making mode, what are the priorities we are working on? Um, managing some fires, um, which tend to keep um, when they're below like 20% <laughs> taking yeah. a time this is good uh, in my world so this is I find it can work because it has clear beginning and end and there are certain steps in the mind the procedure you f- you follow uh, if something happens mm-hmm. okay yeah no wow that's a great example and it actually leads into the next thing I wanted to ask you about this whole emergency situation right it might affect your Uh, your mood might affect your stress levels, might affect your focus and concentration. And so the question is, how do you separate uh, different parts of your day from each other? For instance, like in, in a day, you might have some some personal uh, time, like w- with your wife or with family, and that might relax you or that might, uh, you know, uh, put you in a certain mood. And then And then you might have some work and then you might have, you know, a hobby and then you have some work again. And like, so jumping between these things, like, is there any technique that you have that allows you to, you know, like close the door on what you were doing just now, open a new door, walk into the that room mentally and uh, work on it, like completely not affected by what was happening just before what's about to happen after this task? That's a great question. And I think it touches on something very important that we only briefly mentioned today. Um, I think it comes down to really the decision-making and commitment to do something, whether it's work, whether it's spending time with your family, wife, girlfriend, significant other, um, and and following your commitment. Mm-hmm. It's simply said than it's done. To make the right decisions, you have to have the right framework in mind. What is more important right now? Spending time with a wife who is quizzically looking at you or reading that email that says urgent we have an emergency yeah. like at work 
how do you make the decision? And I think that comes back to the values, to the personal values that you as an individual set for yourself mm -hmm. to live your life by. If you decide that on your personal values, family is number one, and you're having a, a strong argument um, as a hypothetical situation that never happens in the real world <laughs> with your significant other, um, and you know that your relationship could be at risk at that moment in time, and at the same time, your colleague calls and says, hey, we have an emergency, we can our engagement at risk or there are like sales or like our team or something at that moment in time you have to go back to yourself to your personal values yeah. and say what is more important to me in my life what did i tell myself is important yeah. when i was at the state of the peace of mind yeah that's family hmm. okay you're picking up the phone and telling an encouraging word as a leader hey you're my two ic i trust you're going to resolve it uh, I cannot be uh, next to you at the moment. I have another thing to attend to. You're in charge. And hang up your phone and deal with your family situation. Mm -hmm. But that's a decision-making you have to do yeah. based on the set of rules, values mm -hmm. that you developed for yourself earlier. Yeah. So that uh, would be my answer, is to have clear understanding what do you value at different stages in life. Manage and uh, revise those values and put something higher, lower, have clearly defined that set of values and use them in the moments of uncertainty when you don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, uh, is it walk out to the, through the next door and switch yeah. your mind? Um, you just have to look at what you need to work on. Realize, okay, that's what I promised to myself. Stick to it and then do it. Then walk through that door and going exactly to your question forget about the previous task you were on yeah. because that's the commitment you made to yourself that is what is important to you yeah. any techniques remove the distractors if you decide that managing the business um, emergency is a priority over managing your personal life and i'm a little bit laughing because currently um, the set of values that i re most recently revised family is um, high on the list than yeah. uh, than managing the business um, that's not what I would do at this stage. Yeah. Um, but imagine that you've decided that you want to attend your business emergency. Switch off your phone, leave it behind, and tell your significant other, I'm sorry, I really have an emergency at work that requires me attending it. We can discuss that later. Let's come down. So manage your downside yeah. of leaving her behind by saying something nice. And switch off your phone and move on. Yeah. And don't and make a commitment to yourself. I'm not switching it back on for personal reasons, so I'm not answering the messages or blocked the user from calling you, and just attend to the business and be fully immersed there to resolve yeah. it. Remove the distractors first. Yeah. Make a decision mm. to concentrate and remove the distractors. Deprioritize mm. everything else. Get it done. Come back to the previous task to revise. So that would be my suggestion. Mm. That's that's good, um, and I think you actually gave. Gave more there than uh, I was expecting. Like you even mentioned that system of values, which I still have to work on. <laughs> I still have to uh, I outline for myself. Um, but yeah, that's important to get those things right. And then once you've committed, focus on that one thing because like you got to trust yourself that you made the right decision. Or even if you made a mistake, you still have to commit to it because there's nothing worse than being like half in your work, half in your 
personal life or half in this project, half in that project, like not knowing, you know, not focusing on either. And then you don't get any of the things. It'll take longer or will deliver, uh, most likely it'll deliver sub-quality result if you mm -hmm. try to focus on both. Mm -hmm. Versus if you tackle them one by one. Yeah. And as your values, as your personal values dictate you in yeah. order of priority. Yeah. Okay. And um, we're coming to the end of this amazing session. Um, I had a, a, one other question for you, uh, which mm. I think will be beneficial to our listeners because I found it very uh, inspiring. Uh, the importance of hobbies. So mm -hmm. we know, well, I know that you do at least three very interesting hobbies. So you do scuba diving a couple times a year. You do cycling uh, every week, several times. And you also do uh, dancing. Yeah, for those who don't know, if you don't mind me mentioning, is that okay? I don't at all. Uh, so Vitaly is a competitive tango dancer and uh, amateur, uh, amateur competitive tango dancer, and um, you do consi you've consistently been doing uh, tango lessons like once or several times a week for for the past couple of years. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's right. So, what is the benefit of having hobbies like that, and why should people choose to dedicate time to those? Hmm. Yeah, good question. I bet um, a, a lot of listeners um, were thinking, what are the things that actually put me in the zone? Um, like when we talked about PERMA yeah. framework, what are the things that keep me engaged? Uh, because I was, uh, I've been thinking about this probably for the majority of my life, so yeah. making that extrapolation that is the question in people's mind. And the answer to that that I found that helped me and hopefully will help others is to try different things. Yeah. You never know what will engage you and will make your um, vision of the life expand and make your life being more fulfilled, mm -hmm. more energetic, more uh, like happier. Mm -hmm. um, so dancing was that thing that I just encountered on the way back from work from one of the clients. Mm -hmm. I was... Um, really tired really kind of like in my gloomy mood and just passing by next to the, passing by the studio the dancing studio in in brisbane and through the full glass windows i noticed people dancing and i'm like god damn it <laughs> like i've never danced in my life i'm really shy of either singing or dancing or drawing or playing any instrument i want to try like am i daring to try it and i thought hmm i probably I am in the mood right now to commit to something. And I went in, I signed up for the lessons and did it. And the effect it had on the overall life was very substantial, I would say. Um, I never expected um, in the hindsight that it will yield so much um, positive emotions to me. I think engaging in something that is new, that is outside of your typical uh, work or home routines is important to expand your vision so dancing is a lot about um, coordination of your movement of of the grace of the flow of the movement um, from the outside but also it's a dialogue between the uh, follower and the leader and as a leader and i act as one uh, during dancing um, you have to whisper uh, certain moves and certain um, leads to start the new step if you are shouting and if you're pulling the hands of your partner to try to direct her to go there or there to make a certain move that will not work that will not be enjoyable for 
her or for him uh, as a follower. But if you do it gently with grace and just say enough uh, with some of your body movements so the follower can follow and execute a beautiful uh, dancing step, whether it's tango or waltz, that's where you get that fulfillment that it's like, um, it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. That's nothing like that I experienced like in the consulting world. You mm -hmm. don't do <laughs> any direction to the team through your body gestures. <laughs> Well, with rare exceptions, but, but it's not like that at all. So expanding that leading through body movements um, in tango has blew my mind and knowing when to whisper and when to shout when people don't, don't hear you and making myself comfortable with one of these things was quite important. So mm. hobbies in life, they keep you in the zone. You mentioned a couple. I know that you are a very keen motorcycle the bike rider mm -hmm. and therefore being in the zone on a track or just riding around the city is important to you it just switches you off um, hobbies allow you to experiment and expand your vision uh, on certain things and routines like leading and gives you a different perspective it expands your relationship you find um, hobby buddies um, and therefore the amount of positive relationship in your life one more pillar from that permanent mm -hmm. uh, framework um, helps in your life. Mm -hmm. So these are at least a um, couple of reasons I could um, mention why hobbies are and could be important. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was uh, a really cool description of uh, the whole dancing. Like I was mesmerized listening to you about talking about uh, the whispering of body language. That was very interesting. And I, I completely agree. You know, hobbies give you something out of your normal day-to-day -day that uh, gives you a different perspective on life. Mm. Um, well, on that note, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, our, where um, can our listeners follow you or contact you if they'd like to get in touch? And, you know, you've got a few projects coming up, the podcast, like a um, platform and so on. Where can they find out more? At the moment, um, I would recommend just connecting on LinkedIn. Mm. Um, that is where I would try to keep my professional thoughts to that at the moment and I haven't been posting much but I intend to and that would be probably the platform where I will share the news about the other media um, how to follow um, the work that I'm planning to do mm -hmm. and it will be a podcast um, and it will be um, a sort of mentorship uh, emails mm -hmm. that I'm planning to, to allow people sign up and to see if my thoughts are helpful mm. and provide some feedback to me. And if people will find it helpful, I'll probably continue doing that. But in a short answer, probably through you and yeah. through your podcast, um, your listeners will find out more um, or through LinkedIn yeah. uh, once connected to me. Awesome. Both. Awesome. So uh, guys, uh, make sure to follow Vitaly on LinkedIn. We'll include the link in the show notes. And... Um, this is really cool, right? Like, I really like your idea of the of course, podcast, amazing idea, but also the mentorship e emails. Like, it's like, you know, the, I get a lot of time people come up to me or, or I mean, on like virtual world, LinkedIn and uh, other platforms saying, hey, like, can, can you be my mentor or where can I find a mentor and so on? This is like mentorship at scale. And uh I can vouch for Vitaly's mentorship. Like it got me to where I am. So um, the receiving his emails is like, 
is like, you know, being in my shoes. Like I, I'm actually sharing my mentor with the world right now. And <laughs> yeah, that free of charge, absolutely free of charge. Um, yeah, and uh, so very excited about that. I'll definitely sign up and uh, be checking those out as well. Thanks. And um, yeah, any, any final thoughts, any um, recommendations, any suggestions for our listeners to finish off today? Um, good question. I think I will use the idea of um, from the interview that I had yesterday with, with Michael. Um, and one thing that bubbled up is find the people that you are excited to be around and learn from. Because this going through things together, whether it's like hobbies, whether it's like surrounding yourself with positive relationship, or whether it's surrounding yourself with mentors, um, goes a long way in life and helps you go through a lot of obstacles mm. and a really cool way to learn things. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And as they say, uh, you are the average of the five people you hang out with most, right? Something like that. Yep. So make sure you surround yourself with worthy people. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Amazing. My pleasure. Amazing again. Thanks for inviting. Okay. And all the best, guys. Awesome. So there you have it. That was Vitaly Dolgov, um, my friend and mentor and uh, one of the top independent turnaround consultants in the world that I know of. And um, that was us talking about time management. I'd love to know your thoughts. What, uh, what were your biggest takeaways from here? Um, for me personally, some of the things that we talked about I already knew uh, and it was good to refresh on them. For instance, Vitaly had told me previously about the concept of the big rocks and it was good to refresh it and kind of like see how it impacts my life and how, how I can use it better. Um, but probably the, the new thing that I learned from this podcast and the most uh, inspiring thing that I'll take away today is energy management. So I often think of time management as the management of time, but as Vitaly put it, you don't need to just focus on managing your time, you need to manage your energy so that um, you can actually get things done. It's not about just having the time to do things, it's also about calculating when exactly you will uh, have the right amount of energy to get uh, into things and get things uh, done properly and efficiently so that you don't waste a lot of time. So that example where he was talking about how he uh, spends time on the plane to work, that was a great and telling example and we had a couple of other of those along the way in the podcast. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, our session. Make sure to follow Vitaly on LinkedIn. We'll include the URL in the show notes. There you can also find um, the transcript for this episode and any other materials that we mentioned. Um, and uh, the show notes are at www.superdayascience.com slash 147. And uh, yeah, make sure to connect with Vitaly and see what other projects are coming up. So his podcast sounds very exciting and uh, hopefully that uh, will be live soon. And I can't wait for his uh, mentorship emails because that will definitely keep me up to date with what uh, he's learning. And I think that's a very efficient way of getting uh, that knowledge of absorbing that knowledge. So once again, uh, show notes are at www.spiritdayscience.com slash 147. And on that note, hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing. <laughs>